Live from the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, this is Indy Next by Firestone. With complete coverage of today's race, this is the IndyCar Radio Network. The 14 turn, 2.4 mile road course, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, about to roar to life for round number 10 of the Indianapolis by Firestone Championship. And it's all brought to you by Firestone for conquering what's next, the official tire of IndyNex. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick Yeoman. Thanks for joining us here on what's been a busy, busy day on IndyCar Radio, qualifying and practice in the books for the NTT IndyCar Series as we put the finishing touches on what's been a busy day for IndyNex by Firestone, a one-day show as these drivers and teams uh, started off the day with a practice session, qualified a little bit earlier today, and now they'll go racing for 35 laps around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course for round number 10 of this championship. Earlier today in qualifying, it was Hunter McElray who scored the pole position, uh, starting quite a few rows ahead of some of his championship counterparts. And our pit reporter, Ryan Marine, caught up with him after he scored the first P1 award of this 2023 season. It's a sweep of the front row for Andretti Autosport. James Rowe on the outside, but starting on pole. Hunter McElray, a long-awaited first pole position of the season. Great performance for the team as a whole. Yeah. I can't tell you how. It feels like I just won a championship, like getting a pole this year. Qualifying's been our Achilles heel all year. This new format's been a bit tougher than it probably should have been for us. But, uh, yeah, we executed that amazing. Team gave me a mega car. Like, that was... Exactly what I wanted, and front row lockout for Andretti. So really, really happy for the team. Um, just so happy, man, to finally get a pole and finally put a stick on the rear wing. That's been annoying me all year, so let's go. Now, how do you convert that pole into a race win? Drive away. <laughs> I mean, we clearly got the pace, so yeah, I can't say enough to my team for just constantly fighting. It's been such a trying year. Even though we're still in the fight, the best has been yet to come. So, yeah, I'm happy we're coming on at the right time, and... Yeah, full push. Let's go. That's the pole sitter, Hunter McElray. Enters this weekend uh, 59 points behind championship leader Christian Rasmussen before we even drop the green flag based on uh, how they qualified. That advantage would be all the way down to 30 with McElray on the pole. And, Davey, he said in that interview, boy, winning the pole feels about as good as winning a championship. <laughs> well, Hunter, you're not out of it quite yet. Uh, he's got a big opportunity, though, from P1 today, yeah. driving that Andretti Autosport car. Uh, to really do some damage to Christian Rasmussen, who starts all the way back at night. Funny how that works. Both our pole sitters this weekend, IndyCar and Indy Next, are ones that are very excited, very much needed. And you're right. He is not out. Graham, he has no chance at the championship. But McElroy, he still does. He needs to go fight, try to use his pole to his advantage, try to get a win. He just needs a couple guys to have a little bit of bad luck. By the way, Seagulls had bad luck several times to fall back in that championship. So um, it's going to be exciting to see. Matter of fact, um, well, I can't say that, but there it is right there. McElroy only being 30 points behind in the in as they run the point championship. It's pretty impressive. Only 30. But I mean, he definitely has a legit shot. Then Siegel, 41 back. We talked about the mistakes that he's made. You know, the start of the season, I think he had over a 40-point lead over that. And then uh, and now he's uh, deficits that. And then got to watch out for Abel. He's hungry for his first win as well. And for Hunter McElroy, Davey, no wins this season, which I think is a little surprising because – he found victory lane last year in his rookie season and I think was one of those guys we all circled and said, all right, he's going to be a championship favorite. But he hasn't really killed his season with any poor results. It's been a lot of consistent top five finishes, but just knocking on the door for the first one of the year. Well, I can tell you about that. I'm glad we didn't bet because I would have sure. lost for sure because I really, you know, I really thought that he was going to be the odds-on favorite, not only for a championship contender, but for race wins and, you know, with that Andretti team and the history that, he, you know, the, the experience that he's had. I really thought that he was going to be the driver to beat, and this year just hasn't gone his way until, you know, till this, till this poll, and now we're late in the season, but uh, he still has opportunity. So, again, uh, it'll be Hunter McElroy on pole position as we go racing here around this uh, 14-turn, 2.4-mile road course around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's where these drivers got a chance to race for race number three of the season. Uh, Davey, some of the challenges about this racetrack, it's very smooth, but we saw drivers in practice and qualifying with these long straightaways 
not hard to abuse those Firestone tires when you're maybe trying to set guys up or dive it as deep as you can into the corner. Yeah, you know, one thing that, that, that there's opportunity to pass here. There's a lot of braking zones and some places to pass that you can get it done. But what a smooth track brings is almost that same thing. It's just everybody's so darn good and so fast, and it's not bouncing the cars around. It's not as easy to make mistakes on this as it is like last week in Nashville. And so they had their work cut out for them, but they have to take care of these tires. As we talked about with 35 laps around this course, the speed they run, a lot of heat in these tires. They need to take care of them to make sure that they have tires at the end of the run, not just the start of the run. So, uh, But the challenging places you know, here is – I really have to say is make sure you get through the S's good. Make sure you come off turn 14 down this long front straightaway, get down in turn one. I have a feeling they may get, you know, without yellows, they may get spread out just a little bit. I just think that the looking at the times, they were close in, in qualifying, but it seems like on this fast racetrack, they can get spread out. So let's hope that they don't, and there's some good races throughout this field. The, uh, the beauty of all of this is uh, with 19 cars, though, yeah. we're going to be able to pick out and find some battles. Even if, yeah, if McElroy yeah. gets a good run at the start, like we see in a lot of these races, uh, I still expect some good racing throughout the pack. Uh, with that, you know, there's a couple. Kaminsky, he hasn't been here for a while, just coming back. And a little surprise that Kaminsky isn't faster. He's just start shotgun on the field. Jagger Jones, we know we had car problems. Uh, he's starting 18th, but how about his uh, Porto, his uh, teammate for this yeah. week and first time in these cars? I know it's only 13th position, but 13th out of 19th is pretty good for your very first time. He had some good speed there. He'll be fun to uh, watch, no question about it. And then, you know, you got the normal ones up front. I think McElroy and Rowe's been doing Simpson. That's another one. Started the year off uh, a little skeptical on speed, and even last year didn't know where he was going to be. Starts third in this race. Foster Gold, we know they can win because they've already done it. Uh, Pearson Siegel, I think Siegel's one to watch. He really needs to have a good race this weekend to try to climb back in this championship. All right, about three minutes away from uh, firing the engines and going trackside. We'll welcome in the three men who are going to help call the action down in road course turn one, oval turn number four. We welcome in Michael Young. Hello, Michael. Hello, Nick. Good afternoon to all of our listeners and everybody enjoying this beautiful day here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Turn one, basically a 90-degree turn. They will fly down this front straightaway going the opposite way that we do during the month of May for Oval and the Indianapolis 500. They'll make a right-hander into turn number one. Now, if they do miss this corner, break too late, there is a runoff about 300 to 400 feet further down into about the midway point of Oval Turn 4, where they will rejoin. There's a right-hand turn there, and then they rejoin right at the entrance of turn number three. If you're able to, neg to negotiate turn number one, it's simply a 90-degree right-hander. You make the right hand there, then you get back onto the throttle. They'll be in first gear, start popping their way through to about the fourth gear. The left-hander of turn number two, also a 90-degree, but it sweeps a little bit more, and then they'll make their way at it about another 400 feet or so into turn number three. And this, the difficult portion of the track, turn three a little bit wider. Then they'll hit turn number four, which is extremely tight. The key corner to this north end of the track, you need to get a good run. Then the switchback of turns five and six, that's where they'll hit Holman Boulevard and come into the view of our very own Mark Jaynes. Good afternoon, Mark. Thank you, Michael. Good afternoon. About the midway point of that uh, Holman Boulevard, they'll slip by the Verizon Bridge, and then a really good passing dome, perhaps the best. It's turn number nine. It's plenty wide, but it narrows in a hurry after you complete the left-hander. Then you'll essentially make an S and start the setup for the uh, oval portion of the racetrack. You'll visit that a couple of times, in fact, before you get back to the main straightaway. They'll leave our view quickly and pop into the view of our Jake Query high atop the turn two suites. Thank you so much, Mark. This is a fabulous vantage point because not only can I see that area that goes out of your view, what we call the S's, that 789 combo, but essentially my responsibility, the right-handed long curving turn number 10. It is a right-handed turn. It eventually works them into a very short jaunt here on the south end of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in what normally would be the short shoot between turns one and two of the oval. But just when they realize they're going in what is not the normal direction for that, they take a right-handed turn that is turn number 12, Nick, then a couple of turns, and they go right back onto the main straightaway to complete a lap here on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That is a lap. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good call out there today. And 21 races in Indy next by Firestone here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the Oval and Road Course. See 19 different drivers go to victory lane. 14 of those winners have started from pole, so that bodes well for Hunter McElray. Another stat that favors Hunter McElray. How about this one? Adretti Autosport has scored seven victories at Indianapolis, most of any team, although they haven't done so since Robert McGinnis won a race back in 2019 and 
A win here at Indianapolis doesn't always promise a title. Only three champions have won after winning here in Indianapolis. Let's go trackside to get things started. It's time for the most famous words in motorsports. We direct your attention to the victory podium and here to give the command for today's Indy Next by Firestone Grand Prix from Performance Tire Service Company, Pat Childs. Drivers, start your engines. Here's today's Indy Next by Firestone starting lineup. Row 10. Colin Kaminsky, number 57, Able Motorsports, United States. Row 9. Jagger Jones, number 98, Cape Motorsports, United States. Francesco Pizzi, number 55, Able Motorsports, from Italy. Row 8. Rasmus Lind, driving the number 76, Junkos Hollinger Racing, and I'm from Sweden. Christian Vogel, number 7, with HMD Motorsports and Dale Coin Racing, United States. Row 7. Ernie Francis Jr., number 99, HMD Motorsports with Force Indy, United States. Kiko Porto, car 47, Cape Motorsports, Brazil. Row 6. Daniel Frost, number 68, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coin Racing, Singapore. Victor Franzoni, number 75, Tunkos Hollinger Racing, Brazil. Row 5. Jamie Chadwick, number 28, Andretti Autosport, United Kingdom. Christian Rasmussen, number six, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coin Racing, Denmark. Row four. Jacob Abel, number 51, Abel Motorsports, United States. Nolan Siegel, number 39, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coin Racing, United States. Row three. Josh Pearson, number 14, HMD Motorsports, United States. Preschool, number 10, HMD Motorsports, USA. Row 2. Louis Foster, number 26, Andretti Autosport, United Kingdom. Kevin Simpson, number 21, HMD Motorsports, United States and Cayman Islands. On the outside of Row 1. James Rowe, number 29, Andretti Autosport, Ireland. And starting on the pole. Hunter McElroy, number 27, Andretti Autosport, New Zealand. A veteran on the pole position, some title contenders mid-pack, some new faces as well. Ryan Marine, plenty of storylines. What's caught your eye here at Indianapolis? Well, certainly Christian Rasmussen, the points leader, starting back at the ninth spot, has caught my eye. That caught him his eye as well. Talked to him a little bit prior to this race, and he said, look, it just was a case of not catching a clean lap, not having a chance to show what the car is made of. He thinks he's got a fast race car. He thinks he can race his way forward, but from ninth, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. The good news is he does have that points margin that he's been able to build over the last handful of races, but his job did get a little bit harder today with that struggle in qualifying couple other stories to note you guys touched on Kiko Porto making his debut he's been super happy that he's making his debut here on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway he's been on the podium four times won a race in his road to Indy career so he feels right at home despite the fact he has not tested this car prior to showing up here for his debut race weekend his teammate Jagger Jones was dealing with some throttle sensor issues in practice the Cape Motorsports team thinks they've got those all sorted out and we'll see what he could do from the back of the field. Appreciate it, Ryan. Yeah, no doubt. The uh, young Brazilian, Kiko Porto, has done a nice job uh, showing some speed in practice. He enters this weekend uh, second in the USF Pro 2000 points behind Miles Rowe, so great opportunity for him uh, to get his feet wet in driving an Indy next by Firestone where we expect to see him next year. Uh, Davey, one to go before we go racing here. If you're Christian Rasmussen, you're the championship leader, 45-point lead entering the weekend, is the name of the game just find a way to get yeah. to turn number one from this night? Without a doubt that he'd been right in the middle of this field. He wants to get to turn one cleanly. Let it just happen. I mean, if you lose a few spots to be safe, just lose those few spots early on here. You should be able to make it back in 35 laps if you have a good race car. Um, so, yeah, definitely that. Now, if it's McRae, Rose, Simpson, Foster, those are the four. They could get fanned out going down in turn one. Just don't want to see them get together. But we know. Turn one, it's going to be exciting. I mean, it always is. You never know what to expect down there. We've seen them four wide with brake smoke and a lot of uh, bent-up cars, wings, uh, push rods, and yeah. and uh, A-arms. So we'll see uh, if they can make it through here clean. 
Five o'clock Eastern in the great city of Indianapolis. Jake Query looks like they're starting to line them up there in front of you. They are. As a matter of fact, James Rowe started to get on his giddy up. Had to check up just a little bit because Hunter McElray was already checked up just a little bit, allowing the rows of two as everybody now, about eight rows back, lines up, takes that right-hander that is turn number 12. Nick Yeoman, we're about to see the Indy Next racing here on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It is round number 10 of this 14-race championship. Hunter McElray and his Andretti Autosport teammate James Rowe on the front row. White and red for McElray. All blue and white for James Rowe. Out of turn number 14, they'll get back onto the famed front straightaway of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and their eyes will turn to the flag stand. Green flag in the air. Hunter McElray with a nice jump. James Rowe's going to tuck in right behind Michael as they head to one. Hunter McElray very aggressive on these starts as he has James Rowe to his outside. Jacob Abel, an early mover. Louis Foster will file into that third position. A little beaten and banging with Reese Gold and the machine of Louis Foster. That's the battle for that fourth position. Louis Foster will fall into fifth, but it's Hunter McElway as he makes his way through turn number two for, excuse me, turn number five for the first time. Now through the switchback with a four-car length advantage. Uh, we can see Louis Foster go four wide in front of you in turn number one, Michael Young, and he made the move stick as he stayed to the high side, then cut back inside of a couple of cars, and he got that third position. Reese Gold is currently in the fourth position. Meanwhile, it's Hunter McElway, James Rowe, as they clear the S's through eight and nine set up for turn 10. The lead for McElray about four car lengths. Matter of fact front four pretty evenly separated battle a little bit further back in the pack. It is Tips and Skip and Simpson that was able to make a move. Got a little bit loose in doing so but he was able to clear Josh Pearson. Boy Kip and Simpson's had an interesting opening first lap. A little uh, wheel banging with Jacob yeah. Abel through turns one and two, then going at it with Pearson. And, Davey, this is all happening right in front of Siegel and Rasmussen. Yes, yeah, Simpson's a real loser on that start. Start in third. I think he's going to fall back to that fifth or sixth position when it's all said and done, maybe even farther back. Just did not have that good start. They were rubbing, banging, and beating. That was him and uh, I know for sure Abel. And, yeah, he, he fell back to that sixth position from third. Michael battle for second into turn number one. Oh, it's already over. Louis Foster just made a fantastic move to the inside of James. James Rowe, move him up to P2. Now Hunter McElray, as we have the machine of Francesco Pizzi, used the runoff, but back to the front, Hunter McElray, he's got about a 7-8 to eight car length advantage over Louis Foster. The one thing we've seen over the past couple of races here is that leader, again, Davey and I talked about it, builds themselves into a false sense of security, Jake, out front, and they have a tendency to spin those tires, and that allows those in second, third, and fourth to start to catch up. No such worries right now for Hunter McElray. No, Hunter McElray advantage now is about six car lengths as a matter of fact Foster trying to draw a beat on him then right behind him you've got as we had talked about earlier James Rowe who has fallen back to third so they move single file now matter of fact McElroy the straight line speed going into 12 might have bought himself another car lane issue at the rear of the field for one of the Hunkos Hollinger machines that was car 76 of Rasmus Lynn looked like he looped it around near the switchback he tumbles to the rear of the field some good battling towards the back as we see uh, Victor Franzoni, Ernie Francis Jr., Christian Bogle mixing it up. But it is Andretti Autosport. One, two, three, headed back to turn one. Hunter McElray, his advantage over Louis Foster is down to about five car lengths. Louis Foster starting to close in. James Rowe, then Reese Gold, Jacob Abel. There, your top five. Kiffin Simpson on the outside looking in. He runs in that sixth position. Good battles, as Nick said, throughout this field. But for Hunter McElray, trying to check out from his teammate, Louis Foster, car length advantage about six. You guys mentioned Kiffin Simpson and the issue he had at the start. That falls in line with the kind of year it's been for the Chip Ganassi Racing Development driver. He has an average starting position of 7th, average finishing position of 11th, Jake. He starts well. He just has trouble closing the deal. Decent battle just in front of him right now because James Rowe, who is running in third, is allowing the front two to get away. But his bigger concern might be that of Reese Gold, who runs just behind him, running in fourth. Then about four car lengths back before Jacob Abel as the leader sets sail now, diving through turn number 12 back onto the main straightaway. Davey, looks like we got a battle for the lead shaping up. Yep. Here comes uh, Foster. Foster really, really gaining on McElroy now. We don't know if McElroy just saying, hey, I'm not going to burn my tires. I'm not going to get a huge lead. Just keep him at bay. Keep him four or five cars back. That would be Foster. Uh, but we'll see if Foster can gain on him or if McElroy just kind of playing right there. But 
as you said, pretty impressive. I don't think we've seen it all year long where Andretti's running first, second, third. Michael, how about the battle for fifth between Jacob Abel and Kiffin Simpson? Yeah, Kiffin wants that position back. Albany lost at the start of this race. He's all over the rear wing of Jacob Abel. Again, that's the battle for that fifth position. Nolan Siegel sits in that seventh position. Again, one of our championship contenders. But back up front, it's Hunter McElray. Six car lengths over Louis Foster. Yeah, he pulled away from Louis Foster just a little bit. Jacob Abel again tried to hold off Kiffin Simpson. He had a little better speed as they went through that switchback, although it looks like he's going to break a little earlier, which allows Kiffin Simpson to pull up behind him. And now both pull up on Reese Gold, Jake Query, as they set up for tournament nine. Yes, Reese Gold is very well aware of the fact that Jacob Abel is right behind him and that Abel is probably getting into the throttle because he wants to try to get away from Kiffin Simpson. Those three evenly spaced, working their way now off turn number 11, leaders already through turn number 12, setting up for the lefty that makes up 13. Hunter McElray bends his way through that left-hander of 13 and through 14th. It takes him back onto the front straightaway at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The advantage is about a half a second on the racetrack. That equates to about four or five car lengths over his Andretti Autosport teammate. It continues to be McElroy and Foster 1-2 into turn one. The Aussie in the lead, the Englishman running P2. The teammates, they had a little dust-up, a couple of dust-ups. If you remember on the streets of Detroit, what will happen here today is Hunter McElroy still has the advantage over his teammate Louis Foster, but Louis Foster back in the forum, we saw Mark James at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course running very well, a strong second place to his teammate McElroy. And again, Michael, I go back to that move that he made from that fourth position in front of you. He was not afraid to go four wide and kind of fend off all comers for that third position. He was the one that stood tall, and uh, but boy, he made quick work of James Rowe and was able to get himself into that third position, Jake Query. He's continuing to stalk the leader in turn 10. Yeah, they worked their way now off of turn number 10. Interesting because this time by, Davey had mentioned tire preservation. Might be early to start thinking about it, but Louis Foster looked a little bit loose entering turn number 10. Was he pushing that grip just a little bit decided to back out. That allowed for Hunter McElroy to once again get a little bit of breathing room through 12 and 13. Yeah, David, to Jake's point, it's probably never too early to really start thinking about yeah, tire right preservation, now, yeah. right? Yeah, you need to do that because what happens, he has a nice lead right now. They've checked out on the field somewhat. Uh, you know, he has seven-tenths of a second on first, 2.6 seconds on third, three on fourth, and so on. But if a yellow flag comes out, that all goes away. So the cars that are running a little bit slower behind it, preserving their tires, could have some at the end of the race. We've seen that with Rasmussen and Abel at, uh, on the Oval in, in Newton, and, and uh, it, could, it could happen here as well. Now, they have raced here before uh, in May. They know kind of what the, this is the same tire they ran here in May. So they kind of know what they have and how hard they can go for the race. So that's a bit of an advantage that they all have over the, the rookies that have run here so far. Let's give you your first uh, full field rundown here as we're working lap 5 of 35 here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Hunter McElray is your race leader by eight-tenths of a second over his teammate Louis Foster. The third Andretti Sport Autosport auto driver, James Rowe, sits in third. He's a good three seconds behind the front two. Reese Gold has the fourth spot. Jacob Abel is fifth. Kiffin Simpson runs in the sixth spot. Seventh is Nolan Siegel. Championship leader Christian Rasmussen has only picked up one spot from that ninth starting position. He runs in eighth. Ninth is Josh Pearson. The final Andretti Autosport driver, Jamie Chadwick, is locked into the top ten. She runs in the tenth spot. Then it's Daniel Frost, Kiko Porto, Ernie Francis Jr., Victor Franzoni, and Christian Bogle through the top 15. Jagger Jones runs in 16th. Uh, it is uh, Antonio Pizzi runs in the 17th spot. 18th is Colin Kaminsky. And shotgun on the field after a spin is Rasmus Lint. Field making their way down the front straightaway. Michael Young, you're reporting a pass for the fifth spot, or at least a challenge. Well, he tried. Kiffin Simpson got to the inside of Jacob Abel, Jacob Abel again, but Abel was able to outbreak Kiffin Simpson down here to turn number one. So for Jacob Abel, he checked out Mark James about three car lengths. Obviously, Kiffin Simpson has a good race car, wants to get that position back, but Abel really good down home at Boulevard. That has allowed Nolan Siegel to kind of join that fray. That's a three-car battle. It could be very close to becoming a four-car battle because don't look now, but your points leader, Christian Rasmussen, Jake Query, he will be the caboose in that train as they start to glide their way through turn number nine and back into your view. And then gliding their way through all of a sudden, and I think it might have been brake smoke that suddenly came up out of Reese Gold's machine. We shall see whether or not there was a problem there. But the leader, again, 
that lead, Nick, don't look now, might be shrinking just a little bit. Louis Foster starting to get a real good view at the leader, Hunter McElroy. Yeah, it seems like Louis Foster's car is kind of set up for the slower portions of the racetrack because once they get on the straightaway, Hunter McElroy starts to extend it out. But every time through 12 turns 12, 13, and 14, that is where Foster closes. Michael, it's about uh, seven car lengths back to turn number one. Yeah, and for Hunter McElroy, this was the start that he needed. He's able to get himself into a rhythm and check out from his teammate Louis Foster at least mind that gap that he's been able to maintain. And again, it's about six car lengths as he enters turn number four right now. Good run through that switchback of turns five and six. Mark, he'll stretch it out to about eight car lengths. You guys gave that full field rundown. Mentioned Jamie Chadwick inside the top ten. She's now had three consecutive races inside the top ten. Her best finish, most recent finish at Nashville. She finished eight. So Michael Andretti obviously very, very happy with her growth. Meanwhile, Louis Foster continues to stalk the leader into turn number nine. Yeah, he does. As a matter of fact, that righty for turn number ten, Hunter McElray, took it a little bit wider than perhaps did Foster. Advantage for Carlinks. Really get big gap back then before you get to the third place running James Rowe and then Reese Gold, who runs it fourth. Yeah, that advantage is uh, up to 3.2 seconds uh, for the front two, at least for McElray, back to third place running uh, James Rowe. Most of the field, though, Davey, kind of evenly separated. We're seeing a lot of, I don't want to call them battles, but cars within two or three car lengths as everybody kind of doesn't take care of their stuff here on lap seven. Yeah, well, I think what we see, and that's what we talked about, if there's no yellow flags, they kind of get spaced out equally. Uh, kind of takes, there's no real challenges in the middle of the road right here. Every car is pretty close to the same. But as these tires wear out, some cars are going to go off handling not so good. Some are going to stay really good. And that's when I think towards the end of the race, it generates and creates a little more battling throughout this field. Is it uh, important early in the race to kind of monitor, Davey, who's lighting up those tires down in turns one, down in turn seven? Because uh, I know that's probably the best way to, to dust off those tires. Yeah, you know, that is two, you know, there's three really good areas watching turn one, seven, and 12, those three corners under braking, just to see how. They're getting through there just to see if the car's sliding around very much. You know, for example, we're watching, um, you know, Ernie Francis Jr. We thought that, you know, he's been doing a good job, finds himself back in that 13th position, falling back, uh, not really challenging the car in front of him at all. So the balance of his car, he just needs to be careful, take care of it because... Like I say, what he's hoping, he still has a good balance in his car, but the cars in front of him start backing up to him a little bit. Yeah, and he's got some drivers ahead of him, like Kiko Porto, making his first ever start. Ernie's going to have that knowledge of what those tires do on lap 30 uh, compared to Kiko, who is learning as he goes here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's still McElroy, Foster, Rowe, Gold, and Abel, the top five. The battle for fifth continues to be a good one. Michael, Abel, and Simpson, they just can't get away from each other. The advantage across the start of uh, Yard of Bricks is about four car lengths for Jacob Abel. Yeah, working lap 10 of 35, and Jacob Abel smoothly through turn number one to car length advantage over the Kempton Simpson machine. Simpson not able to close up as they work their way through turn number four right now. If anything, Jacob Abel started to gap himself a little more as we have one of the machines of Hukos Hollinger Racing just go bouncing off the wall. Looks like the front left tire is down, and that is the machine of Victor Franzoni. Franzoni sits in oval turn four. Not sure what happened, but there was a tire flopping the front left down on that car. Uh, Davey, you never yeah. want to see your left front tire No, that. it looks like he definitely made contact even though it doesn't look like it on the tire, to be honest with you. On the tire the nose wing, the side pod's still completely intact, but that left front tire, as Michael said, was bouncing around. Got off in oval four. Should be clear there. I wouldn't expect to see a yellow um, he, he should be able to get out safely down there. The, the safety crew's there. He, I think he's far enough off the track that uh, that will stay green. Yeah, Michael, you've probably got the best view of anyone. We see the AMR safety crew there. Is he far enough off that we can keep this thing running? Oh, yeah, he's he's in great position. Not obviously great position for him, but as far as keeping this race green, he's the midway point of Oval 4 as we see a battle for first starting to shape up. He's to the point where he's past the runoff, so if anybody would have to miss turn number one, they would not come onto that machine of, of uh, Victor Franzoni. But they, Mark, back to the front as we were just talking, there was a little bit of brake uh, tire lockups down here as, as not only Hunter McElroy, but Louis Foster starting to get very racy. Yeah, I think Louis Foster might be playing uh, with, with a post face right now. I think he has about an eight-car length disparity. He breaks later and really closes, but 
Jake, I think it's pretty clear that while he might be stronger talking about Foster on the straightaways, it looks like right now McElroy's still handling the technical portions very well. Yeah, and this area here, which again is just a long sweeping right hander, in that area also Foster not able really to close the gap because just when he might think about doing so, both of them talking about McElroy and Foster have to break, get down through the gearbox and work their way through turn number 12. That's exactly now where McElroy goes does so with about a 20-yard advantage over Louis Foster. Davey, we just got uh, kind of a sense of a replay. I, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what happened to Brain Sony. What do you surmise? Well, I don't, he didn't hit anything. I think it was under braking that an A-arm failed or something failed in the front of that car, twisted the A-arm up on that left front, and it should not do that. There was definitely something that failed there because he didn't hit the wall. Looked in the wheel and the wing and the side pot didn't look like a scuff either, so under braking, something folded up on that left front corner, unfortunately, that... Uh, uh, put him out of business. He didn't hit anything, but man, how about that for a bookend? They won that number 75 car, won the last race here. Right now, it's sitting in the 19th spot, and then uh, the other car of Uncos Ollinger is in 18th with Lynn have, having a spin as we see Simpson. Right now, as I told you, as the race goes on, these tires are going to start wearing, they're going to start, the cars are going to change. We've just seen Simpson really smoked the tire go down and going down in turn seven. And as he abuses those tires, Michael Young said that um, Nolan Siegel is starting to catch him. So we will keep an eye on that. Uh, another layer of this in, uh, situation involving Hunkos Hollinger. Ryan Marine, what do you have on pit lane? Well, I did check with Ricardo real quick to see if he had heard from Victor Franzoni if there had been any contact. And he shook his head and said, I don't think so. I think something just broke. And then he said, it's, it's pretty weird. Don't see that very often. All right, so uh, again, Victor Franzoni out of the race. He's now falling two laps down, and again, uh, the left front suspension damage going to do in his day. It's been a uh, disappointing return to Indy Next by Firestone for that driver. Up front, it is still Hunter McElray by six-tenths of a second over his teammate Louis Foster, working lap 12 of 35, the top five here at Indy. McElray, Foster, Rowe, Gold, and Jacob Abel. I'm Indy Next driver Jagger Jones, and this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Hey, sports fans, your favorite team is on TuneIn Premium. Listen to live play-by-play of the MLB, NHL, NCAA, and Premier League. Plus, you can hear every single lap of every single race. NASCAR, Formula One, and, of course, the NTT IndyCar Series. And Indy Next by Firestone. You'll hear every race all season long, plus classic race broadcast 24 hours a day. It's all on TuneIn Premium. Go to TuneIn.com or download the free TuneIn app to listen. We're here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Nick Yeoman, Davey Hamilton inside the broadcast booth, out on the course calling the action. Michael Young, Mark Jaynes, and Jake Query. Down on pit lane is Ryan Marine as we are working lap number 13 of 35 here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's been all Hunter McElroy, although, Davey, he really can't shake Louis Foster. I mean, 13 laps into this race, and that gap has stayed under a second for all 13 of these laps. Yeah, it really has. Both cars actually look pretty good. I know Michael's seen Foster's car maybe get just a little bit wigglier. I guess that was Jake that's seen it down there in turn 12. But uh, you just see how much he's pushing. But the gap stays the same. They have a nice lead over Row, Five seconds, by the way. But behind Row, it's, it's gold. Only a second behind him. So there's a little bit of a challenge that could be there. Then Abel and Simpson are close. Simpson's car seems to be the one, the first one. See a lot of brake smoke, starting to use those tires up a little more. We'll see if he can just hang on to that sixth position or if he's going to fall in the arms of Siegel. Yeah, it looks like, uh, as you mentioned, there's some even oh, separation. Yeah, yeah, Kiffin Simpson really leaning on those uh, fire zone tires. Michael, you saw it down in turn number one, and it looks like he's going to lose a spot to Nolan Siegel. Yeah, it made it easy for Nolan Siegel. He just flat out missed turn one, had to break extremely late, ran almost into the grass, and for Kiffin Simpson holding on these mistakes, doesn't need him, especially at this point of the race, but that'll give Siegel a one-car buffer between he and Rasmussen. As they work their way toward turn number nine in terms of the championship battle, running just behind Kiffin Simpson is Christian Rasmussen. Jake, since every point means so very much now, you got to wonder if Rasmussen is going to push a little harder to get around Simpson because the guy who's chasing him is Dolan Siegel. Yeah, and right now Rasmussen doesn't have much ground to have to make up on Simpson. As a matter of fact, really starting to draw a bead through turns 10 and 11. Simpson now, as we watch, swings a little bit wide, setting up for turn number 12. That allows Rasmussen to get right on the rear wing. But that straight out of 12, all of a sudden, then Simpson's able to kind of accordion that gap back. Davey, would it be safe to say Kiffin Simpson's overdriving it a little bit, or is it maybe setup related? 
I think a little bit of both. You know, I mean, I think he's overdriving it, but he's driving it as hard as he can. Looks like real quick, Jack Jones, I think, is off pace quite a bit right now. So looks like he's some, some flames coming out of the back of his car. Definitely misfiring. See the flames shooting out of the back of that. Unfortunately for Jagger, it looks like he's going to make a visit to pit road. But I do think Simpson, a little bit of both. I don't think the car is exactly to his liking. Maybe he needs to take a little front brake out of that car. But maybe overdriving at this early in the race as well. Yeah, here comes Jagger Jones. He's going to lift that car there, yeah. yeah, down pit lane. And uh, Ryan Marine, this has not been a great Friday for uh, that Cape Motorsports team. I mean, uh, Jagger was having problems really before we even got things started here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. You're right. It was a throttle sensor issue that cost them extensive running time in the single practice. And it looked like it was more or less dealt with come qualifying time. But Jagger was way behind the eight ball just because he barely got to turn any laps. Really, only inside the final 10 minutes did he get to go out and turn any laps. He's now in the pit lane and comes to a halt. The engine is already off on that machine. They have a fire bottle out as well as they're taking a look at the back of the car. But, uh, yeah, just a look of dejection inside the cockpit looking into the eyes of third-generation racer Jagger Jones. Maybe those, uh, the Cape brothers have taken their lumps this year. They I mean, have. Not yeah. a lot of great results to show for it. But, again, they're moving up the Indy next and trying to compete with the HMD and Andretti's of the world who've been doing this for You know, we, we've seen teams that happen. Remember uh, Carlin, that team coming into the sport they came to indy lights and they won immediately first yeah. race we're going who are these guys they just show up and go to really whip and tell but then they moved up to the indy car and it was just a different challenge more competitive and they just never really had the right program i know they had great engineers they had great people on that team it, it they they it, the package was there it was just they couldn't get it all together at one time to really get any really good results and unfortunately no longer with us, uh, and and right now with Cape, we kind of see that they just dominated the U.S. 2000 ranks, and when they moved up to Indy Lights so far this year, just seemed to be struggling just a bit. So Jagger Jones falls a uh, lap down and joins Victor Franzoni on the sidelines as those two run 18th and 19th. Boy, it is tightening back up for the race lead. Louis Foster got to within just a couple car lengths through turns 13 and 14 as we close in on the halfway mark. 19 laps to go. Michael Young, it just feels like Louis Foster is stalking his teammate into turn number one. Not sure if he's stalking, toying, or if Hunter McElroy is starting to conserve those Firestone tires. But in any case, he has caught him about three car lengths behind his teammate. Hunter McElroy wiggles ever so slightly as he exits turn number two. Louis Foster still there, unable to close that gap anymore. And as Hunter McElroy gets back into the throttle through that switchback, will give him an advantage of six car lengths. Thought last time by that James Rowe and Reese Gold was going to get interesting, the battle for third, but James Rowe has other ideas, and he is a bit more comfortable now. Breaking much later is Louis Foster. No brake smoke off of either car. It's now a three-car length battle as they glide their way through eight and nine. Boy, this is really good up front with McElroy with Foster just behind him. As a matter of fact, McElroy almost looks like he knows Foster's there. Foster looks like he simply is waiting for McElroy to make a mistake. A little bit at, at the exit of turn number 11, a little bit later, McElroy decided to swing high. Foster right behind him. They've really got back then before you get to row. Gold starting to get a good look at that third-place machine. In May, Louis Foster was in a very similar situation, running second behind Matteo Nanini and stalked him to the last handful of several laps and couldn't find a way around. He's got plenty of time, Michael Young, 18 laps to go. Uh, but passing Hunter McElroy is going to be a tough challenge. And as he looked very close last time through this portion of the circuit, not so much this time. Hunter McElroy minds that gap. If anything, he stretched it out a little bit more. This time through turn number three, Hunter McElroy back into that throttle. We called it six car lengths last time. I tell you, Louis Foster, Mark James, did a little bit better this portion of the course. Still about six car lengths, but he's on the charge. You get the sense that he's simply hitting his marks, and when it closes up, it's simply because of a misstep by Hunter McElroy. Now that he knows he's at the halfway point, you kind of got the feeling, Jake Query, that Louis Foster knows where and when he's going to be able to hit the button and tighten this thing up more. I agree, and it looked like perhaps that rear end, though, for him got just a little bit loose this time by through turn number 10. The gap for the two of them, the same as last time by, there is a gap in the clouds in the sky, which is created for a completely sun-drenched southeast corner here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We'll see how that affects the grip here in the second half of this race. And here's the fascinating part about this duel, Davey. Uh, McElroy knows what Foster has, and Foster knows what McElroy has because they're teammates. They're I mean, teammates. The, the same, exactly right. I did see Foster 
Uh, I think he's fallen back a little bit down in those S's when he came off of turn nine. Seen some, whenever you see a mark from the tire, the rear tire leaving a mark on the racetrack means it's spinning a little bit sideways. I did see that on Frost's car. So looks like maybe from just right now, looks like he's working his car a little bit harder than McElroy. Yeah, and the key for Foster is to stay within 1.5 seconds too, Davey, because then you get to use that push to pass, which you can only use in an X by Firestone to attack. The leader, unlike an IndyCar where you can use it to defend a little bit, McElroy's yeah. a sitting duck. He's a sitting duck, really is. So I, I, matter of fact, we looked at the time they have, 84 seconds left for McElroy, 82 for Foster, row over 100, same with the gold. So uh, that's another, you know, i got to put that into play, right? That push yeah. pass is very important. Uh, with 16 laps to go here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, McElroy is your race leader. Uh, let's put a bow on the situation involving Jagger Jones, Ryan Marine. Uh, that 98 car continues to sit on pit lane. And the early indications are this is the same issue that we saw earlier today, something throttle sensor related. They're going to work at the back of that race car at the moment. Jagger sits dejectedly inside the cockpit. Gloves are off. The helmet visor is up and just trying to process what has been a trying day for Jagger Jones. So Jagger Jones looks destined to uh, finish no better than 18th here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, with 15 laps to go, Hunter McElray has led them all here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We'll take a peek at some of the battles a little bit further back. Michael, we were watching Kiffin Simpson in the seventh position. It looks like that battle between him and our points leader, Christian Rasmussen, has stabilized a bit. Yeah, it has. I thought Christian Rasmussen maybe had something for Kiffin Simpson last time through. Of course, Rasmussen running in that eighth position. If he can get around Kiffin Simpson, that would help him in the points championship with Nolan Siegel running in the sixth position. But everything settles out. Mark James is kind of like an accordion. Everything tightens up, then it loosens up all the way throughout this entire road course. Yeah, Michael, I think based upon that starting position for Christian Rasmussen, he may just have an eighth or ninth place car. And when that's what you have, you don't force the issue and run the risk of really giving him an opportunity to pair into that points lead or carve into that points lead. So, Jake Query, it's about a six-car length advantage for Kiffin Simpson now in front of you. Yeah, and this time by, though, it does look like Rasmussen is keeping the same pace as Simpson. Both of them keeping an equal pace over Josh Pearson, who runs in ninth. But the leaders already taking the right-hand turn back onto the main straightaway. And again, with 14 laps to go, it continues to be a duel between Hunter McElray and Louis Foster. They close within two or three car lengths and turns one and two. But uh, so far, Foster has not been able to show a wing to our race leader. Top five here at Indianapolis with 14 to go. McElray, Foster, Rowe, Gold, and Jacob Abel. I'm Indy Next driver Colin Kaminsky, and this is the IndyCar Radio Network. 13 laps to go, and the battle for the race lead is on. Mark James, it's in front of you. McElroy and Foster dueling to the switchback. Yeah, again, you just had, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when he was going to make a run. And here he goes, right up underneath the wing. He goes to driver's right. They're side by side into turn number nine. We'll see if he can make the pass stick. They both break at the exact same time. And for now, McElroy's going to be able to hold him off, and only momentarily. Jake, we've seen passes through these S's before. Will we see another one now? Okay, so now we'll see at the exit of 10 if Foster tries to give it another look but McElroy's able to pull away just a little bit at the exit of turn number 10 now through 11 again McElroy maintains that same advantage starts now to get into of course down to the gearbox through turn number 12 that allows again for Louis Foster to get right on the rear wing but McElroy going to hold him off through 13. Tip the cap to Hunter McElroy. he held his ground on that inside line entering turn number 7 did light those fire so tires up a bit, but he's going to hold the lead across the yard of bricks one more time. 12 laps to go at Indianapolis, and it is on at the front of the field. And now they start to snake their way down that front straightaway. Hunter McElroy with a three-car length advantage. We have seen this in races pass from Louis Foster. He'll make an attack, have a near opportunity to pass for the lead, and then settle back in for a lap or two, then go back on the attack, this time through the switchback. Hunter McElroy has a four-car length advantage down Holman Boulevard. Still maintained, Louis Foster has the straightaway speed to be able to close the gap. It seems as though McElroy is able to handle the north end and the south end technical portions 
uh, with a bit more consistency. It's about a three-car length advantage now. Clean exit, turn number nine, setting up for ten. Now they scoot through a short little straightaway and set up for the right-hander. The curious thing becomes, does Louis Foster say, okay, I took my shot that time. Now I'll wait just a little bit till he least expects it and go with another. Or, in fact, did he take the one time where he had that shot? I say that now, and he's right on the rear wing into turn number 12. McElroy is able to hold him off and now get a little bit of separation between 12 and 13. Hunter McElroy, three-car length advantage into 13. I think the name of the game, Jake, is all about rhythm. Sometimes you got to gather it back up after a failed passing attempt. Although, boy, looking down to the cockpit, it looked like Louis Foster had his hands full as they got back onto the oval. The advantage heading into turn number one, Michael, is six-tenths of a second. Don't take your teammate out has to be the word from Pit Lane and Michael Andretti, the teammates, and a front-end wiggle for ever so slightly for Hunter McElroy. A little bit of understeer for him as he makes his way through turn number three, but has a comfortable advantage again last time by. It was four car legs. It's still four car legs as they make their way through six. Doesn't look like there's going to be much of a battle for third as James Rowe has now pulled away from Reeves Gold. Back up front, about a 10-car length advantage. It starts to shrink a little bit as Louis Foster breaks much later than Hunter McElroy does. Closes it down now, Jake, to just five car lengths now as they set up for turn number 10. And as you mentioned, that battle for third, Mark, also I should point out that the battle for the lead is well ahead of that third-place running James Rowe. Leader McElroy advantage. About four or five car lengths coming off of turn number 11. And again, off of 11, Foster started to swing just a little more wide, hoping that might give him a better vantage point in turn 12. But it doesn't for now. Hunter McElroy holds on to that lead. We see the leaders back out of the front straightaway as they're about to see just 10 laps to go at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and some good battling throughout the field. It's good up front, but Michael Young, you just saw Nolan Siegel lock him up. Looks like he lost a spot to Kiffin Simpson. We'll actually hold him through this portion of the racetrack because it looks like Siegel's going to have his hands full with championship leader Christian Rasmussen as they make their way through turns 12 and 13. Of course, this is long behind the race leaders, but back on the front straightaway, Michael, it's the battle uh, right now for the sixth position. Check that, make that seventh as Siegel's trying to gather it back up and hold up our championship leader. Yeah, Siegel threw it away down here in turn number one. Kiffin Simpson able to take over that sixth position and now what was a car length advantage, or at least a car advantage for Nolan Siegel in that championship hunt. He runs second. Christian Rasmussen, the points leader. Now Rasmussen has his eyes on getting back around Nolan Siegel this time through. As Siegel made the mistake last time through, Christian Rasmussen has about a three-car length disadvantage. Yeah, he might be a bit more aggressive now that he knows exactly who is in front of him. He's not able to pull up on him just yet, although he breaks a little later now and really closes ranks now. He's right up underneath the rear wing, but Siegel's able to pull away to about a two-car length advantage now in the exit of turn number 10. And this has created a little bit of traffic right behind Rasmussen as Pearson and Chadwick right there with him. But Rasmussen, good run on Siegel exiting turn number 10. Not able to make the move now through turn number 11. Siegel goes a little more wide entering turn number 12. Manages to hold the advantage. And Davey up front, we're starting to see Hunter McElray move around a little bit. He's trying to break the air with Louis Foster right on his rear wing. Yeah, sure does. He loses ground, then he makes it up. That's Foster. He loses some, makes it up. We see him slide to turn two right now. Lost a little ground. Right now, McElray He's got less push to pass right now. McElroy's got 20 seconds left. Foster has 34. That's not good for McElroy leading. Foster could use that to get by in one of these straightaways. Mark James, the leaders are headed to turn seven. Good run for Louis Foster again. He goes to the high side, tries to pull up even. Now he cuts to driver's left. Now he'll tuck right in behind him. Now he goes side by side. Hunter McElroy holds him off again. They're nose to tail at the exit of turn number 10. This is the closest they've been to this area of the racetrack. As a matter of fact, McElroy's going to get pushed out wide. Foster doing everything he can, but has to tuck back in line, entering turn number 11. McElroy's going to hold him off. Boy, Louis Foster tried everything everything he could. Exiting turn number 10. McElroy is able to hold him off now through turn number 12. Matter of fact, gets himself a little bit of separation. Lefty now for turn 13. Definitely look like there might have been a little contact wow. through turn 10 as uh, Louis Foster's going to have to gather it back up. And I wonder if that might have hurt his car because Davey, he's slow. He is slow back on the front straightaway oh. as McElroy's pulling away. We have a yellow Francis Jr. We'll see if he can get it going. Good run for him. He's going to get it going. Yellow is not going to come out. That's good. 
We'll see now because you're right. It looked like Foster lost a lot of ground. Matter of fact, almost two-second lead now for McElroy. Jake Query, you saw what happened to Ernie Francis Jr. Yeah, simply got it too hot into turn number 10. Spud was able to get back on track and then blend in right in front of the charging Colin Kaminsky. But Ernie Francis Jr. able to get it back up to speed. Caution did not come out. There is definitely a damage uh, to Louis Foster's machine. Is that car, I don't know if it's suspension issue, Davey, if he's got a tire going down, but he has lost Hunter McElroy. In fact, Mark James looks like James Rose starting to run him down. Yeah, there was no question. Reese Gold is in pursuit as well, and he is rolling rather gingerly through turn number nine, Jay Query, and he is going to have company in the form of James Rowe now as he exits turn number ten. And James Rowe is going to give him a yeah. taste of his own medicine and go to the outside. They're side by side again. Rowe gets pushed up high. Foster's going to let him go past. Just as he does that, Reese Gold's going to do the same. So, that area of the racetrack for Louis Foster, clearly something happened to irritate some sort of a contact with McElroy when they went side-by-side side in 10 last time by. Now, turn 10, a nightmare for Foster. Davey Hamilton, he's yeah. falling to fourth. What do you see? Yeah, I think he must have had contact there. Left front tire, definitely down on the bottom. Oh, yeah, they definitely had contact. His left front to, to McElroy's right rear must have bit the lower control arm on that uh, on that wheel right there, just went way too low, kind of threw a bonsai in there, really wasn't ready to make that pass. And the only thing that affected was himself, unfortunately, that Foster kind of took away a good race for Even right now, McElroy has almost a seven-second lead over Rowe now with uh, just a handful of laps left. Looks like we got a battle as no one Siegel's trying to hold on as Daniel Frost looks to the inside, Michael. Yeah, Daniel Frost able to get around. Christian Rasmussen able to get around as well. So Nolan Siegel has fallen several spots. He will now be in that eighth position as we see the machine of Louis Foster really tumbling through the field. He's currently sixth. Yeah, as Foster just tries to hang on, he's uh, going to lose another spot to Jacob Abel down into turn seven. Or at least he's going to try to keep that spot. Let's go to back to pit lane and uh, Ryan Marine kind of touch up on the disappointing day for Jagger Jones. Yeah, sorry to see Jagger Jones out of the number 98 car for Cape Motorsports. Jagger, what has he out of the race? Um, just engine issues all day. Uh, I didn't really get much practice at all this morning with engine problems, and we didn't finish. We got a breakaway real quick, Jagger, to Jake Query. That's because Louis Foster just went all the way through the grass area here. All of a sudden, when he was getting past once again, it was Jacob Abel getting past him. He said it's enough, enough is enough, went completely off course, but he managed to get back in course, Ryan. So we are not going to go to a caution. Back to you, Ryan Marine. Yeah, sorry. We'll pick that back up with Jagger. Sorry to interrupt you there. Tough day, I know. How do you compartmentalize a difficult day like today? Um, I mean, it's really been the last few races. I mean, we had an engine issue, didn't finish Nashville. Kind of really didn't even drive much today at all with the problem. So, um, I mean, main focus first is just making sure we get whatever the issue is fixed so we can move on and uh, kind of stop wa wasting these really important race weekends. Really appreciate the time. Better luck next time, all right? Thank you. Well, the uh, once promising day for Louis Foster looks like it is going to come to an end, or at least it's uh, any chance of finishing on the lead lap. Davey just saw after that issue in front of Jake yep. Query, he's going to bring that car to pit lane. He's on pit lane right now. You know, I've been looking at A-arms and, and push rods. I can't really see anything visually, but there's something obviously bent or broke in the left front of that car where it's going to not allow him to continue on. And, man, just too bad. He just he went too quick. That that spot that he tried to make the pass, it just wasn't there. He went all the way below the curbing 100%, slid into his teammate, and uh, just put him in a bad position. Yeah, that car was so evil that he was carrying the right front tire up off the ground in certain corners as we're seeing uh, just a, a absolute fist fight towards the rear of the field. I should say more like mid-pack. It's eighth place running Nolan Siegel, ninth place running Josh Pearson, and then Jamie Chadwick. Let's go to Jake Query. And we have two cars who have made contact here in turn number 10. As a matter of fact, one of them is sitting perpendicular, so I can't actually even make out the car number at this point at the exit of turn number 10. But it happened here. Francesco Pizzi got alongside sideways there was contact made but it was more just a simple spin as he now sits and this is going to bring out the caution flag that settles down what had been a flurry of activity that was happening as you were talking about nick from about 10 through 12 just as i say that hunter McElray, the leader came through and almost seemed surprised by the caution of pizzi who is now trying to get back onto the course and he, McElroy, went around it, got a little bit loose. So that caution now, they're going to have to make him aware because Pizzi now has gotten back under fire and is now working his way off of turn number 10. Yeah, that caution that Jake mentions, it's just a local, local yellow, so we stay green. We're not going to pack him up. 
But uh, that's the last thing you want to see, Dave. You're going to get a first look at the replay. This oh. is Rasmus Lind trying to make a pass. Yeah, Rasmus Lind just plowed him. I'm Pizzi. I mean, uh, Pizzi was, had the line. He was out front. Uh, had the line. I mean, he didn't know he was coming. and just plowed him in the back of him. Man, Lind's having a rough day. Spins out early, then just plows in the back of uh uh, Pizzi and takes him out as well. So uh, lots of action towards the mid and rear of the field. And this is kind of what we expected, Davey, right? We're 31 laps into this race. Now, all of a sudden, some drivers' tires probably feel yep. a little bit better and a little bit worse than others. Well, we see Porto all over, Jamie Chadwick. And by the way, good job. We run a P10. We just talked about, you know, she, the last few races had that P10 position. And it seems like she's got a little uh, lead over him right now. She has more push to pass as well. Uh, Michael Young side-by-side, side, Josh Pearson and Nolan Siegel. Josh Pearson outbroke Nolan Siegel down into turn number one, had that eighth position for a second, but Siegel able to do the over-under, get it back in turn number two. It's Nolan Siegel trying to hang on over Josh Pearson in the battle for eighth. And Jamie Chadwick is the interested spectator in that battle. Let's see if that turns into a side-by-side -side battle. It certainly does as they dive toward turn number nine. Pearson's going to grab the spot to the bottom of the racetrack. All three come storming back now as they work their way through 8-9 and now set up for turn number 10. Boy, Jamie Chadwick wanted to get involved in that. Pearson started to pull away just a little bit. Siegel loose off of turn number 10. And Chadwick, as a result of that, is going to try to pounce into turn number 11. Nolan Siegel, as the tires are starting to fall for everybody, swings wide. Jamie Chadwick makes that move, locks up the brakes just a little bit. And then, all of a sudden, Chadwick has to check up. That allows three cars to get by up turn number 12. Boy, Davey, she almost uh, pulled off a great pass. She's yeah. Sucking yeah, him into the blocking high, and then just to couldn't get that car wound down. Yeah, probably she came from too far back and really out, tried to outbreak him or late break him, and she just was just too much speed. Get down into turn twelve, just overshot it, went off the grass. Unfortunately, went from tenth uh, back to that thirteenth position. Yeah, Kiko Porto was the big winner as he got around Jamie Chadwick and Nolan Siegel to move into the top ten. Car seventy six uh, for the Rasmus Lynn, the driver that barreled his way into Francesco Pizzi. He's going to have to serve a drive-through penalty for avoidable contact. Up front, Hunter McElroy's lead was a good five or six seconds. It is down to 2.2 seconds. James Rowe is running him down. Uh, Davey, it's impossible to know if McElroy's just saving it, but there's no doubt that we could have a battle for the lead here, well, which is I, three to go. Yeah, I think so, and the reason I say that is right now, McElroy with zero push to pass left. He has no more juice, that extra juice, which is... Uh, Comes in handy, but Rowe has 40 seconds left with only two. We'll see if this 1.6 made up almost a second that last lap. Two to go, Michael Young, and this one may not be over. James Rowe has visibly closed on teammate Hunter McElray. It's down to four car lengths, and it's slowly grinding away. James Rowe to that lead of Hunter McElray. Hunter McElray, once he dispatched of Louis Foster in that battle, thought maybe he has an easy ride. Mark James, this ride's not over yet. And with that 1.5 second request, James Rowe has been riding around all day long in third place and has not had to use that push to pass. He can lay out it now as he is within 1.5 seconds. Matter of fact, he's within five car lengths now as they set up for turn number 10. This literally has come out of nowhere seemingly. Hunter McElray with all of a sudden his mirrors full of that baby blue of James Rowe as they work their way now into turn number 11. Sizable gap back before the third place running Reese Gold. But the battle up front. McElroy starts to swing wide into turn number 12, makes that right-hander, and now tries to hold off Rowe as they set up for 13. Able to do so through turn number 13. Again, Hunter McElroy had a nearly six-second lead on all of these drivers, and it has disappeared as they head back onto the front straightaway. White flag in the air. It's the Andretti Autosport teammates. They're going to duel to the finish. McElroy, Michael, just trying to hold on. Here comes James Rowe. Hunter McElroy to the middle portion of that front straightaway. James Rowe looks to the inside, nearly throws it away. He'll lock up those tires. Tons of tire smoke roll off. It's a one-car length advantage for Hunter McElroy. Both drivers trying to find their first wins here in 2023. Hunter McElroy has been so close. James Rowe, not as much. They're both very hungry. They're through the switchback for the final time. Second half of the season has been a good one for James Rowe. Three top fives. His best finish most recently at Nashville in which he finished fourth. He'd like to get to the top spot on the podium. He's still got a shot at him. Not a four-car length disparity now. You know he's laying on the push to pass as he clears turn number nine. Jake Query set him up for turn number ten in front of the turn two suite. Working their way into turn number
number 10, McElroy wonders if Rowe has the grip or did he throw it away in front of Michael Young? We shall see. Setting up, turn number 11. Advantage for Hunter McElroy. Two and a half car lengths. Stays low through turn number 11. Swings wide for turn number 12. Just a couple of turns left to try to hold off James Rowe and get the win at Indianapolis. Nick Yeoman, here comes the battle for the lead to you. Hunter McElroy's got his hands full as that car slides left and right around the racetrack through the final couple corners. They get back onto the front straightaway. Can he hold off James Rowe? Rowe is pedaling out of the final corner. McElroy moves low and he'll win the race by four tenths of a second as James Rowe puts the pressure on to make McElroy sweat. But it's Hunter McElroy for the first time in 2023. He wins in Indianex by Firestone and he does it at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. McElroy, your race winner. James Rowe will have to settle for second. Reese Gold finishes third. Jacob Abel comes home in fourth. Kiffin Simpson is fifth. Christian Rasmussen rallies to get to the sixth position. Daniel Frost seventh. Big loser in all of this, Dave. He looks like Nolan Siegel. He's lost a ton of spots yeah, here in the last couple of laps. How about Bogle? They must have had some between Bogle and Siegel. Something must have happened because Chadwick and Kaminsky both got by both those drivers. So that last lap was interesting. We didn't get to see it. We were watching for the lead. But, unfortunately, yeah, something definitely happened with uh, Siegel and Bogle. We'll break this one down when we come back. The podium here at Indianapolis. Reese Gold finishing third, James Rowe second, and your winner is Hunter McElroy. I'm Indy Next driver Ernie Francis Jr., and this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Boy, what a finish as uh, Hunter McElroy all of a sudden. I mean, David Hamilton, he was holding on for dear life. Yeah, he life. really was. That car was sliding around, lost a lot of pace. Don't know if he had some damage, too. Obviously, Foster, his teammate, the first and second most of the race, they were probably they had a six-second lead. Using that equipment up, obviously, when the, that Foster made that attempt, it ruined his day by bending some suspension. But, man, I think it wore out McElroy's tires. He's probably lucky there wasn't one more lap left because that could have changed. Here's how it sounded across the start finish line for Hunter McElroy. Oh, good job. Uh, he was fired up. He was fired up to win the pole earlier yeah, no, today, Davey. So he, he was. He I would was. imagine he's going to be fired up in victory lane too. Yeah, no. Somebody that we, he, he, I think expected this out of himself. We all expected this from last year coming into this year that he was going to have a lot of race wins and run for championships. Right now, leaves him, what, 33 points out yeah. of the championship lead. He was hoping Rasmussen had a little bit worse day, but he gained some points. Got He's got enough time. He could make up some points, and he's still in contention for this championship. Well, uh, Ryan Marine, is James Rowe is surprised that he had a chance at that one as the Davey and I were? Let's find out. He was the man on the move there at the tail end of that race. Were you surprised that that lead from your teammates suddenly evaporated and you had a chance to fight for the win? Yeah, I mean, uh we conserved a lot of the start on purpose. I, Louis got by me, and I knew he was quick, so he was going after Hunter. So I said, all right, best case scenario, let's sit back here. Probably a little too slow and save too much um, at the start. And then I think towards the end, uh, we just burned the tires off. So I couldn't really use the push to pass when I had it because I got a wiggle out of uh, 13. I, that was my run on McElroy. So uh, I think if I had tires five laps earlier, that would have been the move. But anyway, it is what it is. First podium in Andretti Autosport here at home for the team. Um, yeah, so can't really ask for much more than that. This Top Gun 29 car was fast all weekend. It was fast in Nashville. We qualified in the second row in Iowa. We're on a bit of a run right now, so we got to keep it going. Keep it rolling. Absolutely. Hey, that's James Rowe. Let's go ahead and step over here real quick and speak to the third member of the podium, Reese Gold. Interesting day for you. Started fifth, end up in third. How'd you get it done? Yeah, I had a great start, um, and then from there just focused forward team gave me a great car you know we tried to play it smart with our overtake wanted to get road at the end but wasn't able to he drove a good race as well so um but still happy with the race thanks to everyone at hmd and the ticket clinic they gave me a great car leading the armada for hmd as well that's got to be a nice feather in the cap yeah nice to lead the hmd group and get them a podium congratulations on a great podium that's reese gold let's see if we can just slide on over here and find the man of the hour Hunter McElray, who had this long-awaited race win, got the pole and was celebrating. He told us earlier today that it was as if he had won a championship. But that's just for the pole. How about for the race win? Let's step in real quick. Live radio, IndyCar Radio Network. Hunter McElray had told us when he won the pole it was like a championship. How about a race win? I can't believe it. I'm just it's still sinking in. I'm just so worn out mentally. Like... That was so hard. You know, I had no button left, no tires left. I was just holding on with dear life. So 
Got to give a shout out to my trainer, actually, because that was like a hard training session where you just wanted to end, but you got to keep pushing. So, no, it's a... Uh, I'm just relieved. I'm happy, don't get me wrong. I've been trying to win at this place for so long. So I'm, I'm stoked about that. But, yeah, I'm just... Whew, I'm just mentally frazzled after that. That was, uh, that was a hard one, but... It's pretty satisfying. And a very fierce battle with your teammate, Louis Foster, as well, which did include some contact. How do you view how that played out? I'm not sure, man. It's a shame to see. I hate to see that for the team. Um, I thought he was going to honestly just pass me in the straight, which he probably could have, but he tried a big lunge. And, yeah, I just, you know, I saw he looked, but I could see he was alongside. And, yeah, we touched. I don't know if it damaged the car or not. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a shame to see because it, it should have been us up the front. But at the end of the day, man, uh, we got it done. That's all that matters. And a 1-2 with your teammate James following you home. And he was closing there late. How nervous were you when your lead started to evaporate? Very. I was like, please end. But no, I'm so happy to win this because it's, uh, I feel like all year we've been, finish we've been finishing way lower than we should be. Whereas today, I, uh, I somehow pulled that off. I don't know how I pulled that off, truthfully, but we did. And uh Feels good. Congratulations. That's Hunter McElray, race winner in Indy Next by Firestone on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Davey, as we put the finishing touches on this one, really got to tip the cap to the folks at Firestone because this has kind of been a trend. We've seen this multiple times this year. You know, the races get spread out as they usually do through the first half of the race, but towards the end of these races, yeah. boy, they get good they as get these good. tires fall off. And I think this is another situation that we've seen maybe in, in in Iowa. One more lap, I think the winner would have been a different winner, and I think that they kind of confirmed that with Rose saying how good his car still was, saving those tires, and McRae saying, get this thing over, I have nothing left, so uh, one more lap could have been the difference, but Firestone, outstanding job. You can't say enough about them on making a tire that these that's just not super good all race long. That you got to conserve. You got to learn how to use them. And that's the next step to IndyCar because that's what happens when you get to that level. Up next, Forty next by Firestone. It is a trip to Worldwide Raceway, Worldwide Technology Raceway in Madison, Illinois, just outside of St. Louis. That race uh, coming your way right here on IndyCar Radio Saturday, August twenty sixth. A uh, real quick rundown of your finishers: Victor Franzoni, twenty six laps down. In 19th, Jagger Jones finishes 18th, 20 laps down. Louis Foster, boy, had to go out on lap 28. He ends up finishing 17th. Uh, it is Francesco Pizzi coming home in 16th. 15th was Rasmus Lynn. 14th was Ernie Francis Jr. 13th was Christian Bogle. 12th, Nolan Siegel. Colin Kaminsky finishes 11th. Another top 10 for Jamie Chadwick as she finishes 10th. The Brazilian rookie, Kiko Porto, impressive 9th in his debut. Josh Pearson finishes 8th. Uh, Daniel Frost, seventh. Six was our championship leader, Christian Rasmussen. His lead stays at 33 points over Hunter McElray. Kiffin Simpson finishes fifth. Jacob Abel gets all the way up to fourth and then the podium today. Reese Gold finishes third. James Rowe, a career best, second. And for the first time in 2023, Hunter McElray, your winner in Indy Next. The Indy Next by Firestone Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway was brought to you by Firestone for conquering what's next the official tire of Indy Next. Our driver analyst today was Davey Hamilton. Our pit reporter is Ryan Marine. Out in the turns, it was Michael Young, Mark Jaynes, and Jake Query. Our chief engineer is Rick Evans. RF operations by Paul Levitt. Production assistance by Ashley Trudeau. Our spotters today included Derek White. Master control operations by Sam Rumsa. And the network director is Chris Pollock. This is Nick Yeoman. Don't touch that dial. The racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is just getting started. Tune in tomorrow. For the NTT IndyCar Series, followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and come back Sunday for the NASCAR Cup Series and the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard. Hear all of that on most of these same outlets and a radio station near you. So long from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.